move on to the next topic. Let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Play instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Bear Down Ballers. I'm your host, A.J. Bramlett. Today we got a special guest, the one and only Mr. Jeff Goodman, the man. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm glad to be on this. You know, we, we've talked about this uh, starting the Arizona pod. I wanted to wait for the right person, and uh, you have been the right person, no doubt, A.J. So I'm glad, you know, we, we had to be repped by, by a national uh, title a national champion. That was kind of the prerequisite for me. If we we're going to have an Arizona dude do it. We had to have somebody that had some, some major hardware. So we have championship standards at Arizona. You know what I mean? So you, <laughs> I think you chose the right guy. Hey, I got, I got, I don't know if you could see it behind me, but I got the ball here, the national title that. ball from Arizona and everybody autographed it. Uh, Pastner, I think got it for me years and years ago. And uh, we got your autograph there. So uh, listen, I, I'll always remember your toughness, especially in that game against Kansas. I will never, ever, ever forget against those two big boys. Oh, yeah. Man. Everybody yeah. talked about, right? Rafe and Pollard. Pollard, yeah. And I don't remember what you finished with, but I know you had double digits. 12 and 12. 12, 12 and 12. 12. I remember. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you must remember. Do you remember that game like it was yesterday, or did that, does that feel like 40 years ago? No, it's crazy because it does feel like yesterday still. I still remember, you know, everything that happened in that game. I remember before that game and just how, like, confident we were that we were going to beat them. Nobody else in the country thought we were going to win at all. <laughs> so, but we did. Like, we, we knew we were going to win that game. I don't know how, but it was maybe our, our young confidence or, or whatever. But we, we just knew that we were going to beat those guys. They were amazing. And Pollard, I think I held them to zero and one rebound or something like that. He was, you know, first team all American. So it was wild. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> I remember. So my, my now wife and I, um, we were, I think we was dating at the time and uh, we were watching it from a bar in Boston, watching the game. And when the game ended, I remember thinking about this and we were like, all right, like they're going to end up going to the final four. Yeah. And, and we started, it was like, you know, back then there were pay phones. Like now there's yeah. no pay phones anywhere. Yeah. You try to tell people kids that sure. we don't, don't even know about that anymore. Like, man. Phones, we ran over and I remember we booked, I think we booked hotel rooms that night for Indy. And wow. we ended up driving, picking up a, a couple of my uh, buddy of mine on the way who went to Arizona from New Jersey. We drove from Boston to Indy uh, for the final four. And, and uh, man, it, I was in Indy this past, just the other day for the football national title game. Every time I go back to Indy, that's kind of all I think yeah. about. You know, that's like, it, it was the last time that I was able to really cheer for a team or right. an event. Now, it's hard for me because I cover games. I can't, obviously, I'm not going to outwardly cheer for Arizona. I'm inwardly, I'm rooting for Arizona, obviously. But I, I can't, I can't go out there. And my wife hates it because at the final four, I was able to get into it, cheer, right. whatnot. And then when I started covering college basketball, she doesn't even want to go to Arizona games with me because I'm boring. 
you got to sit there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know your, your Arizona alumni, man. What was, what was your experience like when you were there? What were the teams like back when you went like, to college at U of A? Three of the four lost in the first round. <laughs> the other one, the other one went to the final four and I went, uh, okay. I went to Charlotte. Uh, but I, listen, it, it's so funny. Cause when I, um, when I came out of high school, I'm from Boston and, yep. and I came out and when I was choosing where to go to college, uh, first I went to university of Hartford. And when I, when I decided I didn't want to be at university of Hartford, which is only about an hour and a half away from uh, my house, I literally went to, I remember like blue ribbon. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking at the top teams yep. and Arizona, I think was like preseason number one or two. And I'm like, all right, college hoop, girls and weather. <laughs> And weather, yeah. All right, I'm going. I'm going. Right. I'm going to Arizona. And it was it was the best move I made. I mean, obviously a lot of friends there. Um, and, and it's where I really because I grew up in Boston, which is a pro sports town. Now I went to Boston College games, my dad would take me and whatnot, and, and the big east was loaded then. I mean, you know, Patrick Ewing and um Chris Mullen, and so I got the bug, but it was more, you know, I was more of a of an NBA guy. I, sure. I love Believe it or not, I love the Sixers growing up here in Boston. Um, but how did that I go over? It doesn't seem like that, that would go over too well. It did not. <laughs> it did not at all. But I, my dad loved the Celtics. I, I went with the team that was their biggest rival at the time. And uh, my favorite player, you might know the guy. Mo most people don't. A guy named Andrew Tony. The Boston Strangler. The Boston no. Strangler. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He used to go for 30 every game against the Celtics. That's right. Least. So, you know, I got the bug, really the college basketball bug full, full blown when I, when I went to Arizona, you know, I was again, more pro uh, going in, but man, when I went there, it was so, I mean, it was just the environment, the atmosphere. I worked in the sports information office for a little while. Um, great story. So I worked in the SID office, then with like, you know, Dave Hirsch and, and yep. some great, great people, Tom Duddleston. Um, incredible people to learn from and kind of worked my way uh, up a little bit. But I remember they, they gave, I don't know how I got it, but I got a key to the building to get into McHale. So I had that damn key. I kept it for like 20. I don't have it anymore. And I don't know if it works, but I kept it for like 20 years. So I would go back and literally for games, I wouldn't, I just sneak in and That's just open amazing. the door walk in for games and whatnot when I was, you know, not supposed to. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I was a diehard fan. I kind of always knew I wanted to be in writing. You know, I interviewed James Worthy when I was probably 15 years old. Wow. Um, so I kind of knew this is what I wanted to do for the most part, but I didn't ever think it would be in, in college basketball until I went to Arizona and, and again, got that bug and listen, Khalid Reeves, Oh, yeah. Damon Stoudemire. It, when I was there, it was weird, AJ, because kind of when I got there, it was big. It was Ed Stokes, Sean Rooks. It was yep. some of those yeah. guys. And while I was there, it transitioned. Luke really transitioned from a big man school yep. at that point to kind of like point guard you. Guard you, so, yep. <laughs> it was very cool. Very cool yep. to see that kind of how he adapted because people thought it was always point guard you. And when I got there, now, I, I remember I'd go down to the rec center and uh, and play against guys. Dylan Rigdon would be there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd play against like Sean Rooks and and 
man, he was fun. He was just a fun dude to be. Sean was an amazing person, man. And Sean, Sean and I were really close. Like we uh, played uh, in Spain together. So we got a lot of time to hang out overseas together. Like we were really good friends, even though we didn't play together. Like he was like my big brother, man. And he was big. Wolf was just, uh, just a great dude, man. Great dude. Yeah. That's been, you know, the, the coolest part for me for everything I've probably done in my career professionally uh, and I've been really 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 lucky two things stand out one was working for ESPN doing a sideline game Gonzaga Arizona walking in the building and being like shit like I was a kid I never thought I'd be on TV uh, on ESPN doing sideline for for an actual for a huge 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 game that was one but number two more importantly was covering Arizona and I didn't really cover them because I was always one AJ. I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't really write for the student paper much. Right. I would do more professional stuff. Even like I would, I would drive out from like Tucson to, to LA and cover a game for a newspaper back home in Boston and make 50 bucks. I'd end up losing money in the deal because whatever the gas was, right. was more than what I'd make on the actual story. <laughs> but, you know, like seeing you guys call him coach. Joe, I, I still, I don't call actually he's probably the only guy I call coach, even though yeah. obviously I didn't play for him. I don't even call like Mike Shashevsky, I call him Mike. Like I don't right. call him coach. He didn't coach me. So yeah. I, I just I know he's older. I know maybe I should show him that respect, but I I've always hey Mike, like I don't know. Maybe it's wrong. Um, but you know, with 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 Coach Olson, it was one of those things where he was such a like legendary figure when you're a student, you don't, I talked to him a couple of times for stories I did, but I didn't know him, know him. And, um, and then I started when I, when I graduated, I was fortunate. I got in doing basketball recruiting after a few years and was out on the road a lot. And and really that's kind of how I was able to get into college basketball covering it. But um, one day I'd known Josh Pastner forever since I was like 18, you know, at, at Arizona and Josh was with coach on the road in Vegas uh, at an event and and he said to me he's like listen I got to go to one gym do you mind taking coach to the next game and I'm like mind I'm like and, and yeah, he knew who yeah. I was at that point <laughs> he knew who I was but probably didn't even know my name you know knew me by face by being around at all the events and uh so I drove him we start driving he's like hey do you want to go get some lunch? It was like mid afternoon. It's like two yeah. 30. He's like, you want to get some lunch? I'm like, sure. He's like, I got a great Italian place up in the mountains in Vegas. I'm like, all right, I'm in like, I don't care. Yeah. So we go there. It was like a marathon lunch of like two and a half hours. <laughs> um, you know, Josh probably had no idea, you know, Luke, he coach missed the next game. Like we, <laughs> we completely missed whatever game we were supposed to go to. And kind of a friendship developed from there. And he would come into Boston and we would go out for dinner in the North end. And I would talk to him all the time. And it was one of those things where I'd like pinch myself, AJ, like, how did, again, how did this happen? This is this guy that like, I I was an 18 year old kid on campus. Like I, like it, it was again, almost speechless because that's the one guy that I was kind of intimidated by. And he was larger than life for, for somebody like me. Yeah, and he, but the thing about coaches, like he treated everybody really well. And like, so when you had the opportunity to meet him and interact with him, you always left 
feeling better about yourself and more pumped up about yourself than you did before you met him. And like, wow, this guy is really everything that they say he, that he is. So coach was a super special man. I, I bless, you know, I thank myself every day that I got the opportunity to play for him and, and him teach me all the things that I've been able to apply to my life and, you know, moving forward. And all of us have the same story, to be honest. Everyone who's, who's been there and, and had an interaction with Coach O and wrote, was lucky enough to do it, we all have the same story of just, it was the greatest thing that happened to us, you know, in our young lives, for sure. I saw him a few months before he passed. And yeah. um, I won't lie to you, like, I broke down crying. at the yeah. end. Like, I knew, you could just tell that day that I kind of knew I, I might not see him again. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm not in Tucson every month or every couple right. months. And I knew it was going to be another six months or a year before I saw him again. And, um, you know, he could talk a little bit. He could understand. Yeah. Um, but I just knew. And I remember as I was saying goodbye, just, you know, it, it just, you it's know, tough. like I miss him. I, I yeah. miss him a lot. And again, he didn't coach me. Right. I didn't have a relationship <laughs> with him until later on in my career. But like you said, he just made you feel special no matter who you were, if you met him. And he was just such a class guy. Like yeah. that's, you know, he was like, I don't know how, how you would describe it. But like for me, it was like that, that grandfather figure for me almost right. where you could ask him and talk to him about anything. And you know what he wouldn't do? He would not BS you about that's it. That's exactly right. I'll tell you the truth, straight truth. <laughs> Whether you want to hear it or not, he knew what it was good for you. <laughs> and I tell, I've told this story before, but um, when we went to the White House after we won the championship, we were in, in the, one of the rooms in the White House and, you know, Bill Clinton was the president at the time and Bill came in and so we took the photo. It's one of my favorite photos that I still have of us in the White House and everything. And when you look at that photo, you think Coach Olson is the president, not not Bill Clinton. Like <laughs> you, if you asked anybody, like who's the president in this picture, they would say they would say Coach O. That's how, that's how he carried himself, very stately, you know. <laughs> um, I think about that all the time. As I get more and more gray, I'm like, man, yeah. how did he look so good with all that 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 you know that white hair? But he did he, for so long, too, he, for so long, <laughs> yeah, so long. What what was so, your Hey, so I, yeah. I know you're gonna ask me some questions. Yeah, but I, I got some for you too. I mean, listen, yep. I got we we go we can flip this pretty easy. It, it'd <laughs> probably be a, a whole lot better podcast, more interesting to anybody watching. Um, <laughs> give give me the one time he laid into you the most, and what what was it for in practice or in a game? I can't say one time. I think <laughs> probably my entire freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> he would be AJ and he would tell you to get that coach Olson. And he used to have these big, his hands were humongous. People don't know about this. Like he had the strongest hands. And when you shake his hand, you, you do that. But if you did something bad in practice, he would put that hand on your shoulder and AJ, where are you supposed to, you're supposed to help on that. We're supposed to switch. And <laughs> But that's the thing about coaches. If you made a mistake, he pointed it out every single time. It didn't matter who it was. Didn't matter when we did it. There was shoot around, walk around, you know, in, in the middle of a practice. Didn't matter if there was a mistake made. He stopped you and made sure that you corrected it. And that was the thing that made us so good, like down to the very detail, to where we started policing ourselves on the court. Like you didn't want to be the one that messed up that switch that we had in the game plan, and you know didn't switch <laughs> switch out on the pick, and they hit a three. Or you didn't want to be that person. He had us so conditioned to play at such a high level of really cerebral thinking and, and you know, put, put really down to the details of the game that that's the biggest thing is just, he stayed on you, but the, 
Then once you got it, he'd re, he'll relax. He let you he let you play. And then get, that relationship changed with him. So, you know, he's really hard. He was really hard on you at first, but that's what you needed. You know, and some guys he wasn't as hard on. He didn't need to be as hard on Mike Bibby when he got there. Mike knew what he was doing from the day he stepped on campus. Certain things, yes, here and there, but he pretty much left Mike alone and let Mike do his thing. You know, he turned the keys over to him. So it depended on where you were and what he knew, but he always knew what you needed specifically, and he would give it to you. You know, some coaches, they recruit you, they get you there, and they're like, oh, you know, this kid, maybe not, you know, maybe he's not what I thought he was. And they bring in another guy. Like he never, he never did that when I was there. Like it took me a whole year to develop and myself and Donald Harris and really all the big guys and Gene Edgerson, all of us took us a while to develop. He didn't recruit guys over us. He trusted us and he let us develop to the point where he knew we could get to. And then we got there. So that's really the biggest thing is just a attention to detail that he had. And he would never let it pass, you know what I mean? But, and then later on, just my relationship with him was just wonderful, like a father, you know what I mean? And it's just, there's a stages of your relationship with Coach O, and I'm just lucky that I got to go through all of them, you know, and really enjoy all of them. Yep. How how many times did you ever hear hear him swear? Um, Never. I didn't hear him swear. Not ever. Um, That's what I heard. yeah, and I think there was one time that they – I think it was the, the guys be, the guys before we got there, they swore that Coach O said one cuss word. But he never did. Like, he would get – obviously, he would get mad, and his voice was very Doesn't strong. Doesn't that show you – like, that to me says so much. And I, I feel like that's where he could have coached today, even. Yeah. He could have been able to coach today where so many coaches, you know, can't adapt to today's kids. Yeah. I, I think – from everything that I've heard from people close to him that have played for him, he would have been able to figure out how to adapt to today's kids. For sure. He, he, that's one of his biggest strengths was, you know, he looked at his teams and he looked at his situation and just situation college basketball. And he, he adapted. Like we played strictly man to man most of the time I was there, but if we needed to play some zone, certainly he would switch it up. Like he wasn't stuck to his principles. He was stuck on waiting. You know what I mean? So, like, if he saw something else somebody else was doing and he thought we could do it well, too, he would implement it or at least try it out in practice and see if we could do it. He was very flexible in that. It wasn't just a set system. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So, let's uh, let's jump in a little bit. I just want to get a little bit of your thoughts on on uh, the current team and the job that Tommy Lloyd's doing so far. Like, what do you think of Tommy Lloyd and the job that he's doing with this team so far? All right. Like, I'm surprised. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit it. And I've known Tommy for 15 years and I think he's terrific. I, I'm pretty sure if you look back, I think I was the first person to say that they should hire Tommy Lloyd. We did something about a little over a year ago, maybe I think it was in like December and it was me, Robbie Hummel and Jeff Borzella who works for ESPN. Yep. And we did a podcast and I said, for all the big jobs, let's, let's go through who they should hire. Like when Coach K retires, this was before it came out. When Roy Williams retires, who should they hire for each of them? Right. And uh, and when it came to Arizona, and I was so torn. I think I I think I hedged it and, and said Tommy Lloyd or or Damon. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Because it, it's so hard for me. I love Damon. I love Damon, and I think he would have done a great job too. Um, but I thought Tommy Lloyd was a guy that they should look at if they weren't going to keep it within the family. And um, Listen, Tommy's done an incredible job, and Sean Miller deserves some credit for that too. And, for sure. And, and to be honest, Tommy's given him that credit because he he left him a cupboard that was not empty by any means. I mean, 
good players and players that fit the style that Tommy Lloyd wanted to run. And, and that's the beauty of it, right? You had a bunch of skilled guys that had learned in their freshman year how to be tougher, right. how to guard, right? How to do it differently. And then you almost kind of had them revert back to what they had probably grown up, how they had played growing up, yeah. right? Move the ball, shoot it. I'm not going to yell at you if you shoot, if, if you take a bad shot. In fact, I'm going to yell at you if you don't take a oh. bad shot. So yeah. I, I honestly think this is easier for them, but by going through what they went through from Sean Miller, who's one of the tougher defensive minded coaches uh, in college basketball, I think they're better for it. And, and James Akinjo probably would say the same thing who, yeah. who I've talked to. I saw him at Baylor before the season, talked to him since. And, and I think it was hard for Akinjo last year because he's playing with a bunch of young kids, but imagine Akinjo with this team right now. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing, I mean, he's having a heck of a season at Baylor, man. So I think it's worth the best well. point guard in the country. Might be, might be. I, I like Kurt Kreese, though. I like, I like Kurt. He's coming, he's you coming like his, along. You like his flair? You like I love flair? everything about him, man. Like, for real. Like, he's my kind of player. I like guys that play with that kind of passion and, and just cockiness and belief yes. in themselves. You know what I mean? And they can shoot you out of it, they'll shoot you into it. You know what I mean? And I think Kurt's done a heck of a job running the team so far. And I think he was a question mark for him but he's done a heck of a job and another guy that's you know I want to get your thoughts on because you you know obviously you follow the team but um you know I think Ben Matherin is the most complete and electrifying you know guard in college basketball right now and yeah. just his development from last year what have you seen differently from him um you know from this year to uh, from last year to this year I mean he's not one-dimensional like yeah. that that's the biggest thing for him is he I thought he was one-dimensional last year and I thought he had the tendency to disappear and, and he hasn't done that. Certainly, um, he's, been, he's been as consistent as just about any guard out there. The NBA guys love him right now. I mean, he, he's shot up. I don't want to say shot up draft boards because, we you know, it's still one of those things where you talk to one NBA guy, they, they, they love him, they have him in the top five. Another one will say, oh, well, he's probably closer to 15 or 20. So nothing's an exact science when it comes to these stupid mock drafts that I do and other people do because they're a guessing game, let's be honest. Um, but but I think he's put himself in a really good situation because he's shown he can be an alpha dog. And, and I think the other part is having Tubelis next to him. Like, that's yeah. just huge because Tubelis plays so hard. Um, you know, he's probably a guy, if I had to guess, you love. Oh, I love him. You know, I already know that. He's he does everything they need every single game to win. And, you know, <laughs> he doesn't complain, plays hard, keeps his, keeps his head down, uh, you know, does different things each game really to help them win. If his shot's not going, he'll rebound. If it's, you know, if he's rebounding well, um, you know, he makes a, really a facilitator of the offense too within this offense from the big man position. And I don't want people to give him enough credit for that, but those high-low passes and interior passes, like he's, he's been playing amazingly well this year, really well. Yeah, their, their pieces fit together well. I would say that. I mean, Coloco is perfect for what they need. Um, and, and it increases the – as I always say, like, to me, you can't win four straight games unless you have a high-level point guard. And, and Kirk Carissa was was a question mark for me coming in. And he right. still needs to be a little more consistent, but you got to take the good with the bad with him, right? Yeah. Like, he's going to make some spectacular plays and, and make some huge um, – you know, buckets, whatever it is, like he did at Illinois. And then he, he he's going to have some some days and some moments when, like you said, he might shoot you out of the game. Yeah, right. I would right. like to see him be a little bit steadier 
as he moves forward this year because that's not what you want in the NCAA tournament. You need a guy that's going to take care of the ball, that's going to under, understand time and score. Sometimes he makes some bonehead plays too. But I, I love the competitiveness. I think he's, he's continuing to get better, and he's got all the pieces around him, including the bench, AJ. The yes. bench, I think, is solid, and they know their roles. And that yep. is absolutely – you know that better than anybody because your, your national title team, a guy like Gene, guys, yep. you know, Donnell, they, they knew their roles, they accepted them, and, man, did they thrive in it. Yeah, those guys are doing great. I mean, Justin Kyer has been playing really well. Balu, you know, has done really well in his time on the court. They're all productive when they come in. So you don't see a huge drop-off like you do sometimes with other teams. So that's been good. Who do you think are some of the teams that can compete? Uh, who's the team that can knock Arizona off in the Pac-12? Stop them from winning a, a Pac-12 championship right now. I know USC lost, you know, last last night and got knocked off. But and they're, they've been playing well this year. But who do you think? It's the biggest threat to them in the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not sold on USC yet. I, yeah. I just think it's kind of a mystery team, so to speak. They hadn't played a great schedule so far this year, so I don't, I don't, I'm not a believer in them at, at anything more than third place team. Yeah, obviously it's UCLA Arizona, which is the way it should be, right? Yeah. That's it's always been that way. It's been that way for a long time. <laughs> Forget Oregon. You know, I'm glad Oregon's out for a year here because man, Dan Altman's been unbelievable. You know, over the last six or seven years, what he's done in, in Eugene. But I, I love UCLA Arizona. I'm trying to get uh, Jan, uh, February 3rd is the UCLA Arizona game in Tucson. Yep. I'm going to try to, I'm actually trying to figure out a trip right now. Texas Tech plays, they host Texas on February 1st. That's, that's Chris Beard going back to Texas Tech. Yeah, my, my guess is he'll have all sorts of shit thrown at him yeah. and all sorts of <laughs> obscenities hurled at him. <laughs> So I'd like to be at that one, then go to Tucson. And then I've told my daughter, it's really kind of cool. My daughter thinks she wants to get into what I'm, I'm doing. And she's a senior awesome. in high school and, and nobody's been better for her than Scott drew from Baylor in terms yeah. of giving her confidence. And like the day after he won the national title, he texted her and basically said, when are we doing our interview? Wow. So he, he wants her to, they've never met. So he wants her to get out and see a game. Well, Baylor plays at Kansas on the 5th. So I might go Texas Tech, Arizona, Baylor at Kansas, meet her, pick her up in Kansas City. My wife's all worried. Like, she's like, well, what if you don't get there early enough flying <laughs> from Arizona? What's she going to do? I'm like, Scott Drew will pick, him up, pick her up himself from, from the airport. Don't worry. She'll be fine. <laughs> that's that'd be a heck of a trip man i hope you get to get to do that I'll follow you through that um so who are your top final four teams right now if i said today who, who you got in the final four today i i think you got to get baylor i mean I, I don't think there's any question um with what baylor has done and the culture they've established aj it's it's remarkable you know yeah. lose what they've lost four starters in yeah. waco did you ever play at baylor well, we did play at Baylor, I believe. I think we beat Baylor. I think it was my junior year. We played probably Baylor. Probably awful. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. I mean, they obviously were not nothing close to what they are now. I mean, they're a machine now. You know, and he's done a coach Drew's done a heck of a job there. I mean, they yep. they play the right way. Same same thing. They play hard. They play fast. They give yep. the guys freedom. They got athletes all over the place. They're just they're a fun team to watch. Similar to Arizona. So I'm looking at. Right. I haven't been asked this question in a while. All right. um, I'll go, I'll go Baylor, 
you know, for me, again, it starts with point guards. Like I'm old school. <laughs> you don't have a really good point guard. I don't think you can win six straight, and I'm not sure you can win four straight. Auburn is kind of making me a believer right now with their guard situation. Yeah. I was really worried, but this kid Wendell uh, Green's yeah. been awesome, an Eastern Kentucky transfer. So I'm going to say Auburn. I'm going to say Baylor. I'm going to say Gonzaga because I think they've got two good point guards, Nolan Hickman and uh, and Nemhard. And then uh, I might go Kentucky. I think Kentucky is better than people think. I All do. right. So All right. those are my four for now. You know, I know I should pick Arizona, uh, but I'm, you got who you pick? Yeah. The, the the thing people listen, Arizona fans, uh, it, it's been a love hate relationship over the years. But <laughs> I'm not a homer. Like I, as yeah. much as deep down I am a homer, I can't be a homer. I, I've always done my job as objectively as as I can, um, and I think a lot of fans don't really like that because at times, and really. Every fan base has hated me at one time or another because I've always said, like, well, your team's overrated. You're not that good, whatever. And they don't like that, and especially on social media. Um, but it's I, right. I really you gotta like this You got to take the love of the hate, man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it, it, listen, it is what I've been called a lot of things. As long You call me whatever you want as long as you don't call my, my daughter or my wife anything. <laughs> right. I'm, good. I'm good. Call me whatever you want. All right. So a couple more questions for you. Okay. In your opinion, which team do you take? 1988 Arizona team, our 1997 championship team, or the 2001 uh, finalist team? And why? 97. 97, because you had all the intangibles. You had all the intangibles. That That's what it was about. You weren't the most talented of those three. No. I don't think you were. No, we but weren't. Man, we were. you had buy-in. You had buy-in. You had toughness. And you guys were fun. Like you guys were now again, 2001 was probably even more fun if I had to guess because of Gilbert. Yeah. Gilbert is a <laughs> special. <Right? laughs> when I had Everything. Gene on, I, when I had Gene uh, on, I asked him one word to describe, you know, some of the guys that he played with and his word for Gilbert was special. <laughs> and he so I was in Gilbert's I, one of one. I remember I'll give you a quick story. So I was in, um, in Maui from Maui Invitational only, only how about this? We pushed back. My wife and I got married in 2000. We pushed back our honeymoon so that we could go to Maui. And, and we were going to go to Maui anyway, but we pushed it back so we could hit the Maui invitation right. on our honeymoon. Right. So Great tournament. Wife, That's an amazing tournament. I love that. My wife's a great. saint. Right? Yeah. She's a saint for doing that. <laughs> so I'm in the hotel, and I think I was visiting Josh maybe in the hotel. And all of a sudden this kid comes sprinting up and down the hallway of the hotel, like a complete lunatic. And I'm like, who was that Josh? He's like, that's Gilbert. I'm like, Oh my God. Like this kid might be the most immature, like, and you can just see it with him. And he was, he's super yeah. immature, but man, I, I wish when people, people always ask the question of like, who do you wish had stayed healthy in the NBA? You know, the answer always yeah. like Greg Oden, Brandon Roy, you got to put Gilbert out there because if he had stayed yeah. healthy his whole career, just imagine. I mean, he was just – he was such an electrifying player, so yeah. smart. Um, but anyway, get back to it. Sorry, I got, I got off track. But oh, no, 97 because you guys won the whole damn thing. All right. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Had a lot of good, good teams to choose from, you know, across the years, but I'll take the 97. Okay, so last one then. Give me your all-time starting five. Of Arizona basketball players. <laughs> mm. 
all-time starting five. Well, you got to have Sean Elliott. You have to have Sean Elliott and Steve Kerr. You have to have Miles Simon. Those are those are three. You have to have Mike Baby. Yeah. To me, those are four that are like non-negotiable. Who's the fifth? <laughs> I'll go with Damon. All right, all right. That's solid. That's solid. I'll go with Damon. I know it's a it's a guard-heavy team. We yeah. don't we don't have a lot of rebounders in there. <laughs> but but you I got a lot of scoring. <laughs> I don't care. And and I'll tell you what. My my most like underrated one of my favorite guys to watch ever was Khalid Reeves. Yeah, Lid was Lid is way underrated. Way People don't underrated. give Lid enough credit for for how good Who did he I was. forget? Was there an Arizona guy that I forgot in there? Uh, no, you had five. You had but, five. But is there anybody that that I missed on that should be on there? <sighs> it's it's I think that's pretty solid, man. That's pretty solid. Um, I'm just trying to yeah. think if this. There's anybody glaring. I mean, you have, like I said, you have to have Sean Elliott. You have to have Miles. You have to so have I, Bibby. You have to have Kerr, I think. And then yeah. the fifth, I think you have to, have, I mean, Damon, I don't know. Like, how do you not have Damon? Damon was the, you know, the really the start of, like, they had good point guards, obviously, with, with Steve and stuff, but he was the start. Him and Lid, but Damon was the point guard. So the start of point guard you and really Coach O giving guards the freedom that I think a lot of guards didn't have at the time that really started guys being like, Hey, I want to go to Arizona too. You know what I mean? Look at how they play. Look at how David plays. David is another one that's way underrated due to five, nine, five, 10, you know what I mean? Doing what he did, even in the NBA, when he got to the NBA, he was uh, roasting Michael Jordan as <laughs> a rookie year. You know what I mean? Mighty Mouse was David. And David's just a good dude all around. We got him in Boston now with the Celtics as an assistant. Yep. You got yep. you got to get him on the pod. You got to get Damon on there. Somewhere. Yeah, I'd love to get Yeah, we'll get Damon on. Yeah, I need to hit him yeah, up. So, and so, and so all, out of all those guys, and I know who I, I'd pick, who's the greatest player ever at Arizona? Boy. I mean, it's hard because Miles was the most, most outstanding player for the only team that won it all. But I think Sean Elliott started it. So yeah. I'm going with Sean Elliott. I'm going with That's Sean fine. That's no my Yeah, there's no Arizona without Sean Elliott. Yeah, he's a Tucson kid. You know what right. I mean? Sean, right. Sean's another one. Like, great human and just oh. a, an amazing, <laughs> amazing player. Started it all off for everybody. So, yeah. I mean, like, so. you think about, right, Sean is salt of the earth, as good yeah. a per. And, and I'm telling, like, Steve Kerr is, like, the yeah. greatest. I right. mean, like, there's nobody <laughs> better than Steve Kerr. In terms of, and what I love about Steve too is like Steve's so comfortable in his own skin. There aren't many guys out there that, if you look at what he says, what he and he's just so smart. Yeah, Steve Kerr is just such a smart dude, um, and he knows how to deal with people better than almost anybody I've ever met. So, um, I mean, you look at all those guys we talked about, right? Miles, um, all of you guys, like. Like, I feel like, again, coming through Arizona gives you a little bit of a different perspective. You, you don't – that the character by coming through and playing for Coach Olson, yeah. right? Like, you had to know how to conduct your even, – even Gil. Gil was, you know, immature, a little bit of a knucklehead. But, like, again, when you're, when you're at Arizona, you, you kind of have to know how to conduct yourself, especially under Coach Olson. And, under Sean, same thing. Yep. There was a couple of years there where it got a little iffy, you know, with Kevin O'Neill trying to take over the program. And <laughs> listen, Kevin, 
Kevin O'Neill, we, we should, at some point, we should do an episode on just how Kevin O'Neill screwed it up. Because <laughs> he was going to be the next head coach yeah. if he wasn't bad-mouthing Coach Olson. Right, right. He was going to yep. be. He would yep. have been the next head coach. He had it laid out on a platter for him. <laughs> yeah. And instead, he screwed it up, and then the program took a dip backwards. And luckily for Sean Miller, yeah. Derek Williams walked through the door. Oh, yeah. He's another one, though. Derek was, whew, man. Yep. <laughs> hell amazing. Of the year. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jeff, dude, this has been amazing, man. We got to do this again, for sure. Uh, yeah. Appreciate your time. An annual. Yeah, your perspective. Uh, keep doing everything that you're doing. It'll be a fun ride watching Arizona go through the season and, and following you covering, you know, everything college basketball. And I just appreciate everything that you've done for me. And um, let's keep it rolling, man. So I appreciate the time. I appreciate it, my man. Have a good day. All right.